Welcome to Meet Me in the Movies right here at Cleveland Community College's C19 TV. Uh, we appreciate you hanging out with us. Because dang it, we just love movies. We really do. That's why it's called Meet Me at the Movies. Uh, Noel T. Man in the second here. Hanging out with a good friend who, um, who came all the way from the beautiful Green Acres of Hooterville, uh, Mr. Oliver Wendell Douglas. Thank you, man. Good to I see you. I feel like him often. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with that. You threw me with that good friend thing. <laughs> Greg Tillman. It's always a pleasure to be here, Noel. Good to see you, man. Good to see yeah. you. Over to my right, uh, we've got some power issues with the monitor. Uh, but I that forgot to pay the power bill. I'm sorry. I made oh, a partial small. payment. You see what happened. This is Zane Gray, a student film critic. We appreciate you, uh, Zane. Uh, thanks for being here, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, it seems as every time I come, it's always raining. Yeah, oh, there's, so, some, there's always something going symbolic, on. Symbolic, right? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. There's a lot, lot going on in the world of film, and we've got about 12 movies to try to uh, push in here today. Uh, last week, we were going to talk about Albert Finney's death. We did not get a chance to do that, but uh, he did pass away. Uh, 82 years old, had a chest infection, uh, and uh, just a strong uh, long line of films. Um, we didn't get a chance to talk about those, but I'll, I will throw out one of my favorites, um, Big Fish. Mm -hmm. uh, throw out a favorite of yours. I love his small role in the Skyfall. Okay. One you've never heard of called Looker. Looker. It was oh. a Michael Crichton directed film in the early 80s. Didn't make any money. Yep. But I just thought it was a cool little movie and he was good in it. Mm. Yeah, and, uh, and my, um, w one of my family members and I went to see him in Wolfen which was a uh, werewolf film, yeah. and uh, they never looked at werewolves the same way again. So, Albert Finney, <laughs> you will be missed. You will be missed. Uh, last weekend at the theaters at the box office, uh, uh, James Cameron, Robert Rodriguez film opened up, uh, and uh, we got a chance to have an early screening of that in IMAX and 3D. IMAX Ooh. 3D. Alita Battle Angel mm -hmm. is the name of this film, and um, Zane, I'm going to let you give a snapshot of the story, okay. and then we'll kind of dive into how we feel about this. Yeah, did you, so check, it, this, did it, you it, check this out? I did not. I'm okay. not interested in it. Cameron uh, needs to work with we'll, real people. We'll try maybe, our, we'll try our maybe you will be. Yeah. Alright, give us the storyline. So, it's based off a very popular Japanese manga series, and basically in the gist of it, it focuses on our title character of Alita, who is this kind of dismembered body part? Something I don't. What? She's a she, human cyborg. Human cyborg. She's in pieces in the beginning. Dismembered of the movie. body parts. That, that's, <laughs> so, so basically, this is a family film. It can be for the um, Manson family. <laughs> so her body is in parts. Basically, is what I'm saying. And so, in the beginning, we're um, introduced to a character by the name of Doctor Ito, played by Christoph Waltz, who finds her, builds her together, and then she then realizes how. Where she basically the entire movie is basically her trying to figure out where she came from, yeah. and then uh, she realizes how pow how powerful of a person she is, and there's almost becomes like this hunt to find her with yes. characters like Jennifer Connelly's character and Mahershala Ali. It's basically the gist of it. Yeah, it's the, the, it's the uh, it's Pinocchio meets the Terminator meets Rollerball meets Tron. Wow, meets Tron. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. All those things rolled I didn't into get one. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Well, well because wow. the hunters. Oh yeah. So, so, so yeah, it's, it's got all of those things kind of thrown into one. Um, you know, just, I, I thought visually this movie was amazing. Mm -hmm. The bigger the screen, the better. 3D, I normally stay away from 3D films, yeah. but this one, better in 3D. Mm -hmm. Storyline, really average. The dialogue for me was kind of average. Right. But um, the characters and the sound design, the music, uh, Junkie XL, mm -hmm. uh, Tom Hockenberg did the music for this as well. Uh, I, I thought, um, and the production designs, all of that technical stuff for this mm -hmm. made the movie worth watching on the big screen. Mm -hmm. And I don't think 
if you watch it on a small screen, it's gonna have the same impact. Right. Um, to echo what you said, as far as substance goes, I think Rosa Salazar as Alita was terrific. And I haven't really seen her really in anything since probably the um, Maze Runner movies. I know she had a small role in that. Um, but she's great. Her journey from beginning to end was well worth the ticket of admission. Um, yeah, like Noel said, the visuals are great. I think 3D has also been a gimmick, like you said. Yep. And I think this is a movie that should be seen yeah. in IMAX 3D. Just it, it's much, you get more enticed into the world building that James Cameron and Robert Rodriguez have laid out for um, audiences, so yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and, and a, a shout out to my cousin, Trey Brown. Uh, he worked on this film. Oh, wow. uh, James Cameron, while James Cameron's known for 3D and, and for digital effects, has right. been for a long time, he worked with Peter Jackson's Weta Studios for all of the motion capture. Hmm. And that's where my, my uh, cousin Trey, who lives in New Zealand, got a chance to, to work on this mm -hmm. film. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, yeah, I, I think it's one well worth seeing, uh, if for nothing else, just for the visual spectacular. And sometimes it's worth it for that. Does it thing. have an anime type feel to it? You know, other than, uh, other than her character. Just and her, because some of the other characters had the, the visual robotic look to it, but mm -hmm. their faces were real. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Rosa Salazar as Alita essentially was a fake character but that was kind of an apprehension i had walking into this if i was able to buy into the design of her but i as the movie progressed it didn't I take long no it didn't yeah, right? it, it didn't take long for it to just feel part of that um that fantasy world right. part of that post-apocalyptic right. world it, it really did kind of kind of work mm -hmm. so i, I recommend it i'm giving it a, a b rating mm -hmm. i give it a b plus okay all right there you go so uh have we changed your mind maybe maybe yeah. See, I, it reminds me right off of Avatar. Probably no Granted, correlation really, right. except the director. Yeah, and but well, Avatar, and I know it's the number one movie of all time. It probably will be. will be for a while. Yeah. Eh, I yeah. mean, it looked great, but but you know, it didn't blow me away. Sometimes yeah. don't you think that's worth the price of admission just to see something? That, yes. Yes. That's I mean, visually breathtaking. Yeah. That's what this mm -hmm. this was visually, and also the sound design was incredible. If you go see a theater that's got really good sound design, because it will draw you in. If it's something groundbreaking, something you haven't seen before, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I agree with that. I, I would, I would recommend it. Yeah. I'd recommend it. Uh, there's another uh, film uh, that's out now. This is uh, a couple years ago. There was a film called Happy Death Day that Jen Guberman actually did the review of. I guess it was last. I thought you were going to say she was in it. No, no, she <laughs> did the review of that oh, when well, uh, when it came out, okay. and uh, you know, it's a Groundhog Day meets Scream. Scream. And uh, it's a story of this, uh, this really, oh, uh, this, this female in college, and she's pretty much a jerk. Pretty much. I mean, she, she, everything I think is, I dated her <laughs> back in the day. But everything is self-centered on her, I and mean, I mean everything. Mm -hmm. And over the course of that first film, you see a character arc, you see changes happen, and uh, she is killed on her birthday. That's the storyline, and she keeps reliving that same day over and over and over again. So there's this mystery of, Okay, who is killing me? What do I need to change about myself to make it happen? So it's very much Groundhog Day. Um, and so here we are with the sequel. The first one I really enjoyed. I gave it a, I gave it an A rating. I thought it was quirky. Mm -hmm. I thought it was fun. I thought it was different. It found a way to, to have some fun. And it's a Jason Blumhouse yep. production. So limited budget. The, the sequel of this film was a $9 million budget, which made back its money opening weekend. Uh, worldwide, $27 million. On opening weekend. So it's made a profit. So it's made a profit. So give me your take on this film, Happy so Death Day picking, to you. It, it legitimately pick, picks up right after where the first one uh, left off. And where you gave the first Happy Death Day an A, I probably gave the first Happy Death Day an a B plus, whereas a sequel, I'd probably give it a solid A. Um, I think this one 
really, in all seriousness, is really like like you said about Jessica Roth, um, if I'm saying her name correctly. Um, she again is the center of this piece, and uh, what I liked about Happy Death Day to you is they really add a science fiction element to it with the whole parallel universe. I won't get into spoilers of anything like that. Um, it's funny when it needs to be. I found way more heart in this second one uh, than the first one, and also it's a really cool genre bender and how it plays off of gimmicks and horror movies that you've seen before. But even with both of them, I wouldn't necessarily say that they're really truly scary movies. Uh, the first one's probably way more scary than the first one or than the second one. Um, but just for whatever reason, I, I found myself loving, really liking this movie way more than I originally anticipated because I just had watched the first one uh, two days before seeing Happy Death Day to you. So. So, so is it a slasher picture or a comedy well, you know, it, or both? A, it could it's be both. I'd be yeah, it's a mixture of both. Yeah, I mean, is it, it better if you've seen other slasher movies? Do you? I think if you've seen stuff, because I, I don't, I, I don't do a lot of slasher pictures. I don't, I don't think you have to. I think it's one of those that I mean, it, it, it plays in itself. I mean, you've got, you've got this, the the mascot of this school is some crazy baby, baby looking thing, you know, and so you, the the killer is wearing the baby face. Yep. And you never know who that killer is until the end of the first one. Right. We're not going to give anything away here. But uh, that first one really, it become, it's a mystery of her trying right. to discover, okay, why, who's trying to kill me and, and why? And that, that's what I'll say. I found the narrative in this one a lot, really surprisingly engaging, okay. um, which is really a plus. Because normally these kinds of movies just look like some throwaway pieces of horror. Uh, these two movies, I genuinely believe, are really well worth on an entertainment level, yeah. it's really, really great. Yeah, and if you have not seen the first one, uh, it is available and you can purchase it anywhere, but you can also buy it on like um, Google and Amazon mm -hmm. for 99 cents uh, or to rent. And so it, it's worth, it's well worth that, right. especially with this new one out. So what's your rating for Happy uh, Death Day? Happy Death Day to you is going to get a solid rating. Okay, good deal. Awesome. So intrigued? I know, uh, I have a birthday coming up in a couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to pass. <laughs> no, man, do a double feature, dude. you got to check it out. got to check it out. Well, uh, we've got time to dive into another sequel that uh, is also in theaters and uh, just recently opened. The Lego Movie 2. Two the second part. The second part right. uh, is uh, now in theaters. Uh, Chris Pratt, Elizabeth Banks, Will Arnett, mm -hmm. uh, Tiffany Haddish, and uh, tons of others. Mm -hmm. Uh, offer um, their voices and, uh, and other things uh, to this sequel. The first film was a 20, uh, 2014 smash hit. Mm -hmm. um, it was uh, much better if you're on medication, I think, because... Uh, <laughs> and wearing 3D glasses when you're watching that film, even if it's not in 3D, makes it, uh, makes it really come I'll to mind. I didn't mm -hmm. see it in 3D. So you didn't see the first one? I didn't see I did. either. Like, I, I, did, I didn't one. see it in 3D. Uh, you know, the first one spawned uh, the Batman Lego film. Yeah. Which is equally um, as good. Which was, yeah, equally as good. And then also spawned another uh, uh, ninja... Lego, 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 Lego Ninjago. Yeah, which I did not see. Which um, you don't need to. Okay, but the first one no, was no. the first one was a hit. It was fun. It was goofy. Uh, it it was just it was just go for it. Yeah, and I was gonna say it was a lot of fun. I, I didn't expect it to be. And and to be honest, I didn't play with Legos that much when I was a kid. Oh, I played with Lincoln you. Logs. Yeah, and yeah. That well, wouldn't make nearly as fun a movie, I don't guess. <laughs> <laughs> but but I loved it. It, had, it 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 was snarky. It was just clever. It was just. If you didn't like one joke, right? You know, ten Stick seconds around. later, mm -hmm. there's Stick another. Stick around, and, and, and the new one's the same way. Okay, okay. So you're so the, in the I, new one. I know um, you're surprised, but I didn't see well, it. I am, yeah. but you know. Oh, the, Greg and I have seen the movie. The first one, you know, Batman to me was the best. I mean, I love the first right. one, but Batman was my favorite part. Right. Yeah, Batman is my favorite part in this one as well. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, this one has a Mad Max, Mad Max, Mad Max. kind of feel uh -huh. to it. Yeah. Uh, it's you know especially it, it, the opening scene. Especially the opening yeah. scene. Uh, there, there's aliens, or are there aliens? There's a, there's you know, this is one of those films that's really hard to describe what the story is because it's in this kind of fantasy world. Right. Yeah. So give me your take on I think the it Lego. breaks some of its own rules, though, here and there, but it's a Lego movie. Who really cares? Uh, Chris Pratt, all the voice characters, Elizabeth Banks, I think, yep. right, too? Yep. Everyone's top-notch in it. Will Arnett, again, as Batman. Uh, just it, visually striking. Yep. Uh, the only downside to it over the first one, I think, was not in... So much in the script or, or, or the laughs, it just didn't have the freshness the first movie. Yeah. And it can't help that. It's right. a sequel. It, right. it's, it's something we have seen now. Yeah, uh, exactly. I loved it. And I, to be honest, I wasn't excited about going. I thought, I haven't seen a movie to contribute anything on this show in a while. I'm going to go see it. So I went last week and saw it. And I hung around in the lobby and talked to the manager for a few minutes and took my sweet time going in because I just didn't think I was going to get into it for some reason. And in about two minutes, I was all into it. It was great. I loved it. Yeah, it was a heck of a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, what were your thoughts on it? I, I, I kind of what uh, Greg was saying, I, I really felt as if Lord Miller's stamp of approval was missing out of this. I still really like this movie. Um, but I think the energy that the first one had, and even the Lego Batman movie, was missing in this one just a tad little bit. The voice work from Chris Pratt, Elizabeth Banks, Will Arnett is totally there. That's awesome yeah. for the sake of the movie. But in terms of the energy and just the fast-paced energy that the first Lego movie had, I felt like this one was kind of missing in a little bit. Yeah, and, and also coming on the heels of, really this is the third, when you look at the Batman film, yeah. kind of in the middle of that. And so, yeah, it does lose its freshness. But it still found it fun and engaging, and I, and I loved um, the cameos, and I loved some of the other things they throw when Aquaman was in it, and the guy who plays Aquaman did the voice yeah. of this. Bruce uh, also, Willis. I, Bruce, Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis was in it was as Bruce Willis. Yeah. Um, you know, Abe Lincoln was in it, um, not the original. <laughs> not the original. Abe Lincoln, but I don't think it's you know, his voice. It was just, it was, if you're looking for just an escape, mm -hmm and just some time away at the box office and um, and something fun really for the family. Mm -hmm. I think this is a fun family film. I'm giving it a B rating. Um, you know, not as great as the first one or the Batman film, but Batman still ha had a lot of fun uh, looking, because uh, Batman almost gets married in this one, so it's yeah. well worth watching for that or nothing else. What's your grade? I, I'm also in the B range. Same. Okay, B. all right, there you go. Uh, we are, uh, I'm Noel. We are not Noel. Yes, I'm you Noel. are Noel. Uh, that's Zane. We're Dino. That is Greg. And, and I do apologize. Tim, we haven't even come to oh you. My oh, God. Tim. Tim, uh, Tim Foster, they're on the Tim Cam. Tim's making it all happen. Uh, but uh, he was looking a little blue earlier, and he's still a little blue. Um, he's feeling better now. He's yeah, happy. I, I, I'm sorry about that. Uh, oh, you're feeling bad, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry that Valentine's date last week didn't work out for you. That's why he's a little blue. A little blue for that. We're going to take a break, take a little intermission right here on uh, Meet Me at the Movies on C19 TV. Uh, and uh, what's, the, what's the website if they want to check it out? C19.tv. Yep, and that's the can video Can it get version. any simpler? It can't. Can never and uh, if you want to download the podcast, go to WGWG.org. Till next time, I'm sorry. No, no, no. break. That's wishful, that's wishful thinking on the audience. I know. Uh, and we will come back and talk about uh, Liam Neeson's new film, Cold Pursuit, and also um, a remake of the Helen Hunt Mel Gibson film right after this. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of the team. Everything is awesome when we live in our dreams. Everything is better when we stick together. 
many kids, just showing up to school is a challenge. Staying through graduation is even harder. So at Communities and Schools, we do just what our name says. Our staff brings a community of resources to meet each student's needs right in their school, doing whatever it takes to keep kids focused so they see what we see, a bright future. Join in at communitiesandschools.org. There's a new way to help save the environment while getting rid of your everyday waste. It's part of Shelby's new curbside recycling program. It's quick, easy, and something so simple that even little recyclers can help go green. Single stream recycling makes it easy so we can all do our part and do the right thing. Register at RecycleShelby.com. Once you do that, you can roll these city-issued bins out to the curb. Don't worry, we'll take care of the rest. Recycle Shelby, it's the right... Chef Paul Prudhomme once said, you don't need a silver fork to eat good food. Well, on Cleveland County Kitchen, we don't have a silver fork, but we sure do serve up lots of good food. Hi, I'm Deborah Blanton. I hope you'll join me for the next Cleveland County Kitchen. Each month, we offer a complete farm-to-table experience. We visit local growers, we learn about nutrition, and wrap things up with wonderful meals prepared by our guest chefs. It's a lot of fun. I hope you'll join me for the next Cleveland County Kitchen. Hi, I'm Paula Best from Cleveland Connections, the show that explores what's happening at CCC. Join us as we sit down with members of faculty and staff to discuss programs of study, upcoming events, and other campus news. Watch each month on C19 or streaming online at c19.tv. Join us and connect with CCC. Welcome back to Meet Me at the Movies right here on C19 TV. I am Noel T. Man in the Second hanging out with uh, Mr. Greg Tillman. Uh, Greg Tillman over there uh, beside camera something another. And uh, we got Zane to my right, Zane Gray, and uh, Tim Foster on the Tim Cam making sure that we are all in check. Now, Tim, we're going to shake things up a little bit. We're going to talk about uh, a movie, uh, it's a remake, What Men Want. We're going to talk about that. Now, this, uh, this movie is a remake of a film that goes back to 2000. Uh, with Oscar winners uh, Mel Gibson and Helen Hunt. And yeah, that was a long time ago. I mean, yeah. 2018 yeah. years ago. And uh, I've been told that you've dug up some photos from a few years ago. Well, this all started a couple weeks ago when uh, you were talking about uh, painting your mustache. Right. And, and yep. you're doing your confessional to your yes. mother. And my mom. And you were nice enough or stupid enough <laughs> to send, send along a picture of you from that, that age. Yeah, there you go. Yep. Yeah. 14. 14 wow. year old Noel. Weren't you in Boogie Nights? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 14 year old Noel team ending the second right and there. And I, I figured if you had no shame and were willing to share that, I could do the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That is awesome. That's when I was on Sigmund and the Sea Monsters. Johnny Whitaker. Johnny Whitaker. But Bueller. dig the shirt. That's the best part of that picture. Okay, we're done with that. Oh, more. That's Tim, by the way. <laughs> Tim. Oh, where's the Zane picture? I don't have it. You don't have it. You don't have it. You got one. too young to be embarrassed. If he was like 14, that's what, like three years ago? Four years ago or something? How much of a difference? The beard was probably different. That's great. Well, this remake, you know, the storyline is, you know, what if you could. Uh, read the minds of the opposite sex. And you know, once you start finding out the answers to what the others are thinking, 
Sure, you can play it to your advantage, but ultimately, problems can ensue. That was the Mel Gibson version. That's also uh, the new version with uh, Taraji P. Henson. Uh, you know, this version, version also stars Richard Roundtree from Shaft, mm -hmm. uh, wow. Tracy Morgan, and tons of sports stars uh, are in this film. Uh, there's really great character chemistry in this one. Um, the film, this film also speaks to where the other one didn't, uh, to racism uh, and sexism, which we did see a little bit in the first one, but much more uh, in this one. Uh, the original film was a PG-13. This one's R-rated uh, for language, uh, sexual content, and other subject matter. Um, and, uh, and honestly, you know, th this one is just as funny. Uh, I found myself laughing. I, I went into a, a theater, and, and the theater was three-quarters full. Everybody seemed to be enjoying it as well. So what men want, um, you know, I'm going to give this a B rating. Uh, and just a little trivia, Mel Gibson got a Golden Globe for the original. Yeah, Golden That's Globe a nice win. little rom-com, too. It was. Any thoughts, questions? I, no. Okay. <laughs> Appreciate that, man. Good stuff. You're welcome. Well, let's dive Boy, in. I'm glad he's here. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Greg. <laughs> well, Liam Neeson uh, is back on the big screen as well in another action film. This is not taken four or five or six, but it does have some. Are you uh, sure? <laughs> I sure hope it, not. It does have some elements of, uh, of taken in this. Um, this is a film. Uh, that takes place in the cold, frozen tundra of uh, Colorado. Mm -hmm. uh, to me, I felt I felt this film. The way I described it is uh, the Coen Brothers meets the Godfather meets Foreigners Cold as Ice. Hmm. Is the way I've thrown yeah, all this together. A it. uh, it's a quirky uh, mob revenge dramedy that really has two main stories mm -hmm. uh, going on. Um, so so dive in and, and give me the, the story in a nutshell. Yeah. So basically, uh, Liam Neeson plays this snowblower, snowblower, snow truck. What's it called? Snowplow. Snowplow. Snowplow driver. That's what he's paid to do. He's paid to do that. And he, uh, his wife, uh, Laura, Laura Dern, they have the son, and his son gets involved with this drug bust. And uh, spoiler, well, it's not really a spoiler, but it's in the trailer. Yeah, he's not, he's not really, well, he's, he's killed by drug dealers, mm -hmm. but he's not involved in drugs. Right, and so wrong he place, needs, wrong innocent time. Innocent bystander. And his character is basically trying to figure out who killed his son so he can get, you know, justice for his son. It's um, a revenge picture. So whereas he described it as a uh, uh, Coen Brothers meets Godfather, I described it as Wind River meets a, uh, meets a uh, Fargo, uh, yeah. another Coen Brothers yeah, exactly. um, kind yeah. of movie. Um, no, I liked it. It, was, uh, it wasn't the best Liam Neeson flick I've seen in the last couple of years, um, but in, I mean, it's much better than the last two Taken sequels, that, that's for sure. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was revenge. I, I liked his performance in the movie. Um, stereotypical villains, though, in terms mm -hmm. of the, the mob gangster aspects. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I thought uh, there were some great scene selections. Um, this had a quirky feel. It was a, it was an action film, a gangster film, but there was some comedy. Mm -hmm. That and that's where the kind of the Coen Brothers feel right. came came with this. Uh, some really interesting musical choices mm -hmm. um, throughout this uh, film as well. Hateable villain. Did you see this movie? I saw it. Oh, so give, give me it, your yeah. give me your take on this. Uh, it was okay. Nothing I yeah. hadn't seen before. No character I hadn't seen before really. Right. Uh, I didn't think it was funny enough to really qualify even as a partial comedy. Maybe it was my mood at the time. Okay. Uh, and, and all the set pieces were put together very well, but yep. again, just nothing new. Um, it was uh, really kind of what I was expecting for this kind of movie. Yeah, um, it was. What, what rating would you give this? C. Okay. A B minus. Yeah, and B minus for me too, uh, for Cold Pursuit. That is uh, 
still in select theaters. For the record, I've seen two so far. You've done pretty and well I, this day. You seem surprised. I am really Ray. surprised. New segment that we introduced with the train to Basan a few weeks ago. It's all foreign to me. Uh, this is an Oscar-nominated film. Uh, the film is called Never Look Away. And uh, really, it's a fascinating story of love, pain, endurance. Uh, it explores people finding their individuality and their personal truth um, within their past. And uh, the movie is a German, uh, German language film. It is subtitled. Uh, it's a period piece that takes place uh, from early pre-World War I, oh, I'm sorry, World War II, um, all the way through the 60s. And so it's a really interesting take on what's happening in the Berlin area um, through a couple of characters and their connection uh, to each other. Um, there's a lot of great connections to art and the art history of Germany throughout that time period, which I thought was fascinating how they tied that in. The lead character is an artist, um, and you see how he goes from being free to express himself to being forced to do art for propaganda pieces mm -hmm. to trying to find himself again in this kind of a, uh, a free-spirited Berlin movement uh, in West Berlin. Mm -hmm. And so it's a really fascinating, uh, fascinating film, beautifully shot, nominated for two Oscars, uh, nominated for Best Foreign Language Film and Cinematography. The score was amazing. The production design really, really kind of blew me away. And it did capture, like I said, three decades of life from the um, uh, early, early 40s through the 60s. And uh, the attention to period detail really, really kind of blew me away. And if, you, if you're familiar with color theory and how color theory is used in art and how color theory is used in film, I haven't seen a film do it this well in a very, very, very long time. Uh, the, the Germans kind of pioneered that back yeah. in oh, the yeah, 20s. Oh, yeah, yeah. The movie, yeah. three hours and nine minutes long. Wow. Very, very long film. And I got to say, really until about the two and a half hour mark, I didn't feel that it was sluggish. So if you're interested in uh, foreign language films, I uh, highly recommend uh, this Oscar nominee, Never Look Away. Are there Nazis in it? Uh, yes. Well, I'm in then. Okay. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, and they're not Nazis that you will find on the Indiana Jones film. Uh, let's go to uh, now streaming. I want to get you to talk about uh, a, a TV show that you have really loved. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yeah. Tell me about Amazon this. You Prime. really love this. Just finished its second season. Uh, I can't, what's her name? I, I can never remember her name. Uh, Rachel Brosnahan. And you met her, right? Yes. Last year? Last year, yeah. Tony Shalhoub stars in Ooh, it. Okay. Uh, it's, it's about a uh, almost... Uh, accidental rising of a uh, New York housewife in the mid to late 50s to become a stand-up comedian. But it's terrific. The the acting and the script is clever. And the just, dialogue is amazing. Yes, it's almost like a screwball comedy from the 40s in a lot of ways. And period detail is fantastic too. And I don't know this other guy's name that plays Lenny Bruce, but he's fabulous in it. Yeah, but yeah. well worth watching. It's winning all the awards this year. Yeah. Emmys and yeah. Golden Globes. And, and last year, uh, it, it started winning the award circuit during yeah. the Critics' Choice Awards. Yeah. And that's when buzz really started picking up. And so two seasons in, it's still She's still so much well. fun. Yeah, mm -hmm. heck a lot of fun. So check it out, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Uh, movie quote of the week, we'll wrap things up and then we're out of here. Uh, this comes from uh, the forthcoming uh, Pokemon film, uh, Detective Pikachu. This is uh, Ryan Reynolds uh, playing Detective Pikachu. You know, this really kind of, this kind of pulls all of us together. Yay. This pulls us together, okay? It's the magic that brought us here. It's the magic called hope. There you go. That's it. Hope right here. How sweet. On Meet Detective Me the Movies. Detective Pikachu. Detective Pikachu. Yeah.
Look at you. Looks good. Gesundheit. Until next time, I'm Noel Manning. That's Zane Gray. That is Mr. Greg Tillman. And back on the Tim Cam, Tim Foster. And our studio audience, we appreciate you hanging out with us uh, as well, uh, as always. Until next time, uh, email us, info at c19.tv, if you want us to stop doing this show. Until next time, that's a wrap.